Welcome to Friday Vibes. No scripts, just chat. We talk all things food and beverage and so much more. Feel our vibe and search for Friday Vibes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And make sure to give us a five-star review. Now your hosts, me, Alex Baer with Genius Juice and Wade Getty. Hey, we're live. We are live and how's it going? Great, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. So, uh, you know, uh, welcome everyone to Friday Vibes. Uh, As you can see, Alex Bear, me, is not here. It's uh, Wade and my guest host, Ari Raz with Coconut Cult. Ari, how are you doing, brother? I'm good. How's everyone out there? Oh, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I I, I talked about this a little bit this week. Uh, A little bit nervous about the... um, controlling this thing and driving it but i i feel confident that uh it's gonna happen we're gonna figure this thing out so uh, i believe in you wade yeah thank you thank you and uh very appreciative that uh you're here with us and uh we've got dima from guru on here and uh, i see uh jeremy eisenberg with checks how's it going jeremy uh yes we've got a few people tuning in and yeah the live notification i think just went out so uh a little uh Backstory, Ari, you know, when I when I think about my time in California, which was short, short and sweet. um, But uh, what's interesting is, you know, with COVID and all the limitations and things that were going on while I was out there, uh, I probably met maybe 10. I'm going to say 12 people at the most while I was there. And Ari, you were one of them. And I was really super cool because I think, uh, you know, I think we had lunch once. I, I know. Uh, you came down uh, around the time you were transitioning or about to transition to Coconut Cult. Yeah. And memory serves me that I think I was one of the first persons you shared that with. And my memory also is that I was one of, you were one of the first people that I shared that I was leaving California with. So uh, you're, you, you just, you and I just connected from the beginning and just super appreciative of you. Uh, tell us, tell us what's going on with Coconut Cult and what you've been up to. Yeah, man. Oh, those the, those those early conversations that we had were so helpful for me as I was, you know, planning through that transition. And I think originally, yeah, I did meet with you to talk about Once Upon a Farm, and yep. very quickly I was like, oh no, this guy, this isn't like your typical buyer. Like this is somebody that I can actually have a, like a conversation with. Not to say that all buyers are like that, but you're not all about, you know, it's not all business, right? And we started talking, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna tell him, <laughs> like. By the way, I'm not going to be here for much longer. My company doesn't know that, but now you do. Right. And I think that really just that like level of trust that we could build like so fast uh, really speaks volumes to just your, I mean, for me, it like speaks to volumes, like the, your character, the kind of person you are, you know, you're real. You, you just, you know, you, you're, you're not all about, it's not all about like getting home at the end of the day for you. You're like, I'm here to build real relationships with people. And really, like, I want to, I want to support the people behind the brands, not just the brands themselves, not just my bottom line. But it's like, I'm going to take that a step further. And I've always appreciated that about you. Thank you, thank you. I don't, my head's not going to fit in the screen here in a second. But uh, no, I, I think you know, it goes without saying, uh, you know, that that respect is mutual, and um, it's, it's, it's something I think you know, the more you can, the more you can do that in this business, uh, it pays dividends, right? I mean, we did business oh, yeah. with farm we're doing business now with coconut cult and uh, you guys are blowing up and uh, angel Mia Garcia. Oh, thank you. 
Uh, and yeah, you guys. Oh, here, here he comes. I, you know, there's always a heckler in the crowd. That's Gavin. Uh, no, <laughs> Gavin, uh, kidding aside, Gavin, um, Gavin hooked me up. I think that's going to be my dinner here after the show's over. Gavin sent me, uh, the Blackbird, uh, trifecta. I've got a t-shirt, I've got pizza and I've got wings, which, um, and Gavin's head won't fit on the screen either, but, uh, rave reviews on their wings. Have you, have you had Blackbird pizza or the wings? I've had the pizza. Uh, okay. I loved it. I thought it was really I mean, one of the best in, in the category, bar none, very special product. The wings I've, I've only heard, I've only heard about. It sounds like, sounds like they're pretty good from what I, what I hear though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know um, I've had several people tell me, cover your ears, Gavin. I've had several people tell me that it was the best thing they had at Expo East, um, honestly. And, and, and wow. so in about an hour and some change, give or take, I'm about to give my own review, Gavin. So keep your cell phone open, and we'll be uh, we'll be talking later as I text Do you. They have different flavors, or is it just like buffalo? Um, he's got two, three, four flavors, I think. Three or Gavin, four flavors. Okay. I'm in, Gavin. I think he's got three or four flavors. Um, I know there's a buffalo. Uh, oh, look at this! My wife's assisting me here. Um, there we go. We've, oh, <laughs> yes, we've got <laughs> Texas so barbecue. All right. Yes, we got Texas barbecue. Korean barbecue, Thai chili, and buffalo, which I think the two to start with are buffalo and Korean, and then Thai chili and Texas Texas are coming. So, yeah, right. I've heard great things. I've heard great nice. things. So uh, there's another plug for Coconut Cult right there. Mangoes and cream. Thank you, Dima. So, yeah, uh, how are things going with Coconut Cult? Um, I joined – so I, I left Once Upon a Farm, you know, uh, right at the end of July to jump on – board this uh this company that i i knew was making something really special uh but they were going through some challenges and i think that a lot of early stage brands hit similar uh similar walls that they hit which is essentially you know you grow to a certain point you you know how you know how to get to this growth stage but then that's pretty much it you don't really know how or what you need to do to grow beyond that and the brand um and, and then that's where brands start chasing shiny objects and make a lot of mistakes. It's like when you, when you, when you see the trend, you're like, Oh, things are working. And then let's just try keep, let's just try new things all the time to keep growing. They started making ice cream uh, when, when, <laughs> when yogurt was still, you know, relatively small and they took their eye off the yogurt ball. So they spent a whole year really focusing on this ice cream business when in reality it was, a, I mean, it was doing well in, in market but the ice cream growth and the opportunity for the ice cream to grow compared to, well, you guys actually built a factory to make yogurt. <laughs> Why don't we do that first? You know, it just, it just took their, their eye off the ball. So I was able to come in and uh, refocus the brand and, and the business and, and get the trajectory back on track to say, we're a yogurt company. First and foremost, stop making the ice cream. Maybe we'll make it in the future, you know, at some point. Uh, but really just taking them back to square one and saying, this is what we do. This is who we are. Now let's go blow this up. Um, so that's that's been my goal since coming in. Uh, it's taken us a long time to figure out the right blend of, you know, marketing and, and operational capacity. And then also just um, timing to like put everything together and make it work. But 
yeah, we, we've, we, we've got to a point where we're able to flip on the marketing machine uh, at the end of August. And uh, since then, it's been crazy what we've seen happening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's like 100 miles an hour. And, and, you know, I tell this people all the time, the analogy I give you is back in my restaurant days. Um, well, obviously, I'm, I'm in the grocery business now, so I didn't do very good in the restaurant business. But um, the advice I give people and probably one of the mistakes I made in the restaurant business was exactly what you said is, you know, trying to expand and do too many things. Right. I mean, and so I think that's one of the things that I appreciate about that direction that you've given the company and and that that you're on right now is that focus like yes you're a yogurt company and we're going to do one thing um yogurt and we're going to do it really well and and you're killing it and and that's the advice i give these restaurant tours now is is okay make make a burger and you you know be a burger place and make the best damn burger you can make you know mm-hmm. or, or make the best chicken you you know whatever that is right and yeah. and so so now you've got your laser focus on yogurt and one of the exciting things, and obviously Alex and I have been plugging it and, you know, LinkedIn, you know, friends of the show sure. uh, have been talking about the the flavor. So talk a little bit about the mindset on, okay, what is your mindset with the LTOs? You know, yeah. is there, do you have capacity in mind? You're saying, okay, we're going to produce this many and then we're gone. How often, how frequent, what's, what's, what's that look like for you? Yeah. So uh, since I joined the company, uh, they were doing LTOs before I joined. So when I joined, you know, they had already done LTOs in the past and they found a lot of success running these LTOs. And generally they would do one to two a month, but they weren't consistent. So some months they would do them, some months they wouldn't. And there was really no organization behind it. And every time they planned one, it was usually like right at the last minute. So everything was, there was always a scramble to to get it accomplished. So the first thing that we, you know, that we put into place was, okay, we know these LTOs can be very powerful in terms of driving excitement, um, influencer uh, posts, uh, just sort of generating that kind of buzz you want. We know that our LTOs can do that. Let's put some structure behind it. Let's put some planning behind it. So we're not always scrambling at the last minute to get the label in, get the ingredients, you know, put the, put it on the production schedule for our team. Like, let's really think through this like co- comprehensively and put a plan in place. So that's, so literally like, that's why when I say end of August, like that was the August 22nd, that's when our first limited edition flavor dropped under this new program, which was our, uh, I believe it was our pina colada. Yeah. So since then, every two weeks, we've been dropping a new limited edition flavor every two weeks. Um, And to have the kind of operation that can support that is a testament again to our, that's an awesome cup to our team, (laughs) to our, to our production team. Cause we, again, we're self-manufacturer. So we're, you know, our production team, shout out to, you know, everyone at Kendall in San Luis Obispo. Um, They, they, they crush it. Like they, they have like for the who bar that thing sold out in less than 24 hours. And that was before our influencer shipments got, to the influencers to post. So then we called our production line. We were like, can, can you guys, you know, make more of this product? They actually worked on Saturday for us so we could pump out another 1200 jars to sell because otherwise we wouldn't be able to have listed it on, you know, as available. So, but that's the kind of, you know, situation where there's only so much planning you can do. Um, once you push that go button, 
that's when you start to learn, right? And what we're learning is is that the just like the uh, the snowballing effect that happens when you know this influencer lets this influencer know about the product, and then they start talking about it, and then their people start talking, and then it it just becomes this bigger and bigger web of um of awareness and demand that's really hard to forecast and predict. And it happens very, very quickly. So the who bar is definitely the, I'd say the most viral yogurt we've made to date. Uh, but you know, we've, we've, again, we're pumping these out every two weeks. So we have, we have some really exciting ones lined up for November that I'm not saying they're going to be as viral, but like they, they should be damn exciting. And um, at the same time, like with who bar, I can tell you right now, like, they definitely would love to do another one with us because it was so successful. And then other brands have been coming to us. Other influencers have been coming to us saying, Hey, we'd love to collab with you as well. So we're definitely like building in this kind of regularly scheduled structure where we can line these up for, you know, I think our next availability is probably April of next year at this point. Like we're so stacked. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So what a, what a great story. I mean, it's, it's, and you know what, what I love about it, it's a lot about what we talk here on the show, the community aspect. And so you're building, you're building your brand and, and who, you know, there's this collaboration going together. And I mean, what, what a great story. And uh, I, I absolutely concur with that. I, you know, between your, your influencers and uh, I know my LinkedIn was blown up with pictures of people eating that product. Uh, you know, I know uh, Stephanie Huey, who's a friend of the show, uh, tagged tagged us a little bit earlier. And Alex, obviously, he loves yeah. the product. I think Alex, uh, Alex, I think he probably hold a sign on the side of the highway that says <laughs> "Will Will work for who?" or or, or "Coconut Cult." I mean, he's he's fans of both products, so that's just yeah. a good one for him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's great stuff, and I what, I, I really like the strategy behind that. So. Every two weeks, so that's all D, DTC, right? I mean, you're not you're not doing any retail work on no. the LTOs right now. No, no retail LTOs. We are launching a a uh, exclusive LTO for one retailer uh, that's going to launch in December. Uh, the other piece is we, yes, Jeremy, that's right. You do need a solid foundation, hundred um, percent. The other thing is is that. Um, with these LTOs, right? Building buzz, building awareness. Um, I mean, TikTok too is another place. I mean, if you search for the coconut cult on TikTok in August, you would have seen maybe two posts or three posts. If you search coconut cult today, you'll see, I don't know, hundreds of posts of people talking about the brand. Um, so we, you know, we did launch part of the strategy was we also launched TikTok at the same time for the first time. And some of our videos have gone viral um, in a really positive way. Our, our founder Noah is just such a, he's like a very charismatic dude. He, he is a true hundred percent, you know, lives the brand's values to the nth degree. Um, and when he speaks, I think a lot of people really take it, take it to heart because these are products that healed him personally. And it's such a personal story for him that it resonates and it, and it is a healing product. It does benefit so many more people. So the fact that, through TikTok, it's also bringing this whole like new generation of people who are hearing about the brand for the first time and want to try it. Um, yes, it's increasing our online sales with these LTOs, but what it's also doing is it's driving a ton of people. So uh, just to give you some like as an example, um, over the past 28 days, 
we've had a, over 130,000 people visit our website. Wow. Uh, normally, in a normal month, we'd get about like 12,000 people, which isn't bad, but like that, that's like a normal month. In 2022, that'd be a normal month. So 100, over 130,000 people visited our website in the last 30 days. Over 50,000 went straight to our store locator. So that wow. just tells you a little bit about That's the power amazing. of of what we're what we're able to accomplish and build. You know, no demos, no ad spend. You know, it's pretty it's pretty incredible. And it's it's a superpower that I've always known the brand has had, but like to be able to unlock it in this way. And this is just the beginning. Like we have a long way to go, a lot more to build, a lot more things to figure out. But it's just really exciting to like. I I I called my I called Noah and I said you know it's. It, it's kind of like you're, you can, you're, you know, you can feel the rumbling of the rocket ship engine, but right. to some degree, like we don't have a rocket ship yet. We have like a, I call it a tin can, like we're building the rocket ship as it's taken off because our facility, our manufacturing process, you know, we're, we're bringing in tons of new equipment. We're installing upgrades left and right. November, every weekend is booked to install equipment and, and, and just get, our capacity up because we need to, you know, be ready to fulfill all this existing demand and what we believe will snowball into future demand as well. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. I want to come back to the TikTok thing in a minute, but we got a couple of questions. So uh, Dima asking about Amazon for you and if there's any challenges with it. We, so all our, all of our online business is through our own website. We don't, we don't really do Amazon. The only Amazon listings we have are the, the Amazon listings for uh, Whole Foods delivery. So yeah, no challenges with Amazon because we're not, we're not really on it. And then we've got Gavin uh, talking about the, uh, about building a brand. Obviously you, you, you just talked about it. You're in a rocket ship that's kind of rumbling right now and it's getting ready to take off. Um, but how does it impact? And actually, that's where I was going to kind of go the yeah. POs for retail. Um, and I guess one of the questions I had was, do you get any pushback from your retail accounts that say, hey, I want that LTO or what are you going to do for an LTO for retail? How's that look for you? Yeah, like I said, we're, we're launching uh, our first LTO uh, exclusively with a retailer that we've had a, just a very long relationship with. Um, it's a small retailer based in L.A., you can probably guess what it is, um, <laughs> but <laughs> like, it's the first one. Yeah. Ever, right? <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, but we can do that because it's a small retailer. It's right. based in L.A. Like it's not it's not that challenging to do for them, but like to scale. Certain, so some LTOs we could scale um, where it gets tricky is like the who bar. So we're like part of what part of the equipment purchases we're making. OK, right now, if you go to our factory, you'll see. uh the way we fill our yogurt by jar is people pouring out of a pitcher, jar by jar, hand litting, jar by jar, hand date stamping, jar by jar. Wow. Um, so one of the so one of the big upgrades for November that we have planned is we're finally installing a fully automated line that will fill, lid, and date stamp each jar. Um, so that and then we we already have a, a labeler and a tamper band machine. So for the first time, you know, all, all those processes will be automated, but, but when we make our LTOs, most of them, um, involve, you know, crumbling cookies or putting a chocolate bar or doing some crazy stuff. So it's not going to work in that automated line. It's not, right. you, know, you can't use the filling machines for that. 
So it's still going to be a very manual hand, hand filled process. Um, so unless the LTO is something we could use our filling machine on, uh, it will be only limited to direct consumer because I mean, we make like, like, I think in one shift we made like, we can only make like 1200 Hubar jars in one shift. That's it. Whereas, you know, on a, on another shift we could, you know, with the automation, we could probably make 5,000 jars. So it's so, pretty, it's time off the line. That's very, you know, significant, but we do it because it's also part of our marketing. It's part of our brand building. And then um, ultimately like the D to C business is profitable for us. Um, right. which is, I think very hard to achieve when you're selling, you know, anything online. Right. And I want to dig into that a little bit as far as, um, as far as your, your path moving forward, like what your, you know, it, without divulging any company trade secrets, I'm not looking for dollars or anything like that, but if we're talking just pure percentages right now, D2C versus retail percentages, yeah. how's that look? Uh, so yeah, you know, D2C is more, it's, it's a little bit more profitable than retail. Um, I would say that the challenge with retail, you know, the reason why retail is less profitable, frankly, is because so much of our retail business is the eight ounce jars. Um, so we're, and, and, you know, not to say that they're cheap, but, um, we, you know, we're, we're selling them for, I'd say, especially the way we price, like we're selling them in retail for between, you know, eight ninety nine up to eleven ninety nine. Um, I think in fresh market, we have a little bit of a, a better price, but I think 899 is kind of the standard, like right. 899, 999, 1099 kind of level. And, um, and, but it, you know, it sells quite well at those price points. Um, the reason why retail also gets hit is because of trade spend. Um, whereas we can control that on D to C, like we don't really do, like we used to do promos. We don't do promos anymore. We used to give promo codes. We used to, you know, run sales on our website to try and drum up volume. But like we, we realized that's not necessary. Whereas, you know, in retail, like it's kind of hard to tell you and if I, Hey, I'm not going to do any OIs this year. You know, they don't, mm -hmm. they don't like that. It's hard to tell right. a retailer you're not going to do any trade promotions. So that definitely hits you, your bottom line uh, quite hard. Um, right. It makes it profitable. So, you know, I don't want to give exact margins, uh, but I can tell you that, Retail is okay. It's not terrible. It's like definitely uh, healthy, I would say, for right. a CPG. Uh, but D to C is like about 15 to 20 points above retail. So so what I was looking for is what percentage of your business is oh, okay. D to C versus retail? Right now, it's crazy to say this, but um, so if I look at October, it's, it's like 50-50. Okay. <laughs> but November... Retail is, um, I, I'm trying to think of the percentage right now. So I don't want to give numbers. So like we're growing so fast. Okay. So we, again, our sale, if you look at our sales in August and then you look at our sales in October, October is double what August was. And when I look at, to November, when I look at the POs that we already have for November from UNFI and KE and Rainforest, our distributors, it's already... Uh, and, and we still have a couple, I think we have like a week and a half left to place orders, but it's already like our biggest sales month of the year before mm. DC comes in. So, 
Yeah. So I'm a little scared because, <laughs> you know, my team, my team, I know my team can handle it, but I'm, I'm just like, it's just scary to see, like, you know, I call my CEO. I'm like, are you sure we can, we can handle this? Like, this is very different from what we were doing in August, you know? Right. Um, and, and fulfillment so perspective, building pallets, put filling out D to C orders, all of it. So, so what's interesting about that, um, and we'll take a break here and I'll refresh everybody, but what, what's interesting about that is as you grow in retail, obviously you, you can turn the, the switch off on your website, right? You can say sold out and, and I don't have to do anything else. I'm done. But as you look at retail, if you shut that switch off, you're going to be in a world of trouble, right? I mean, you're going to, you, your retailers expect you to have product. And, and the worst thing, me speaking from a retail perspective, that I, I don't want empty shelves. No. So you have to be able to balance that. So I guess uh, before, before we reset everything here, um, I'm wondering for you, as you look three months, six months, nine months down the road, what does that percentage you mentioned? It's, it was just 50, 50. What's your ideal percentage moving forward, knowing that you're kind of an anomaly with that, with that D to C business? What, what does it look like as you forecast down the road? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I'd like to see it be more like 70% retail, 30% D2C. Okay. Okay. Um, I definitely want retail to be the priority for our business. Um, I think with scale, margins improve. With scale, um, you know, everything kind of gets better. Um, right. And our, our challenge is how do you scale uh, without diminishing the quality of your product? Because right now we make our product in such a unique way. I mean, it's the, the reason why we have our own production facility is, you know, the founders couldn't find a co-packer that was willing to, you know, ferment yogurt in glass, which is what we do. We ferment in glass. We don't ferment in stainless steel or plastic totes. Like most yogurt brands, we ferment in glass and we don't heat pasteurize the yogurt. We ferment it. And then we pour it in the jars and seal it and that's it. So it's a very, it's like an old fashioned style. It's an old fashioned yogurt, real yogurt, highly probiotic. We can't lose that no matter what we make, no matter how much we make, we can't lose that. So it really comes down to um, just growing, growing with a growing, growing, but growing in a very conscientious manner. Um, and, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's all about just making sure that you have the right, uh, the right mindset, the right people in place who have not just the best interests of the bottom line, but the best interests of what made the company special in the first place at heart. Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about that for days, but like when I first came in, my first immediate thought was like, why are we making our own product? Like, why don't we work with a co-packer? What, what's wrong with that? And then I started to talk to co-packers and learn about their process for making plant-based yogurt. And it was really eye-opening to me to see how different it was. And I knew, and then I tried all the other yogurts out there and I knew that we were, we were really making something so special that couldn't be replicated with a different process. That's great. That's great. All right. Let me catch up here a little bit because, all right, we've covered most of these questions. Um, I do need to shout out uh, our sponsor. We will we will be going back to uh, later in the show. We'll be talking about uh, Brand Jectory, but Susan Bryanton and Tom Malengo, uh, they're sponsors with Brand Jectory today. We're going to go back to them a little bit later. Um, Love Brand Jectory. 
And, yeah, and they I do a great like job. Too. He's somebody I've known for many, many years in the industry. Have he's, a lot of respect great. for he's, such a good man. He's great. And Stephanie Huey, who I referenced earlier, she talked about your Key Lime Pie limited edition. Yeah, know. Do, you know, do you know Stephanie Ari? I've never met her in person, but I'm definitely, I, I know her through LinkedIn. Hi, Stephanie. And thank you so much. The Key Lime Pie is one that I really, that's one, if you want to talk about like an LTO that we want to bring to retail, that's definitely on the top, like t- that's a, that's on the top like ten top five list or even top three list. So awesome! And she had she had another comment right behind that about with regards to Noah. Yeah, Stephanie, if you have TikTok, check him out on TikTok too because he's 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 going a little deeper there as well. But thank you for following us on Instagram and and checking out the content. It's really meaningful. And then uh, Laurel Orley with uh, I don't know. Do you know Laurel? Laurel's with Daily Crunch. Oh, one of the founders yeah. of Daily Crunch, uh, and so it was—it's great because I was able to catch up with Laurel and her team this week. I was one of their mentors with Skew, uh, with the Skew cohort, and we try and catch up as mentors in the team uh, every quarter, uh, if not if not more often. So, um, you know, obviously she's that brand like all over the place these days. Yeah, great product, great product. I'm kind of biased, but that's okay. Uh, okay, so we'll go back to some questions here. We've got Gavin talking about 16 ounce. So what, what, uh, choosing 16 ounce, what the mindset behind that, do you have any insight as far as that goes? So originally the founders launched with a 32 ounce jar, um, which they sold, I think in, in very limited quantities in, in, you know, a couple of natural food stores in Santa Barbara. What was that retail like? It was 30. That's like yeah. limited to LA, like certain parts of the country at that point. Right. I'm yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, pretty much. Um, but you know, that, that worked. Um, so I think that the, the idea behind the 16 ounce was to make something that'd be more palatable to, to distri- wider distribution. Um, 16 ounce is, it's interesting. So we get a lot of pushback from buyers on the 16 ounce, um, Wherever we have the 16 ounce yogurt next to the eight ounce, the 16 ounce always outsells the eight ounce um, dollars and units. And I think that it's just a testament to, uh, you know, if you're already paying X amount for the eight ounce, you look at the 16 ounce, you're like, that's actually a better value. I, I love this yogurt. I know I'm going to eat it. It's going to give me 16 servings of, you know, great probiotics. Then they buy it. Um it's actually, and, and if you look at spins data, I always like to point this out to buyers, the 16 ounce original yogurt is the number one uh, on a dollars per week per unit basis, the number one best-selling plant-based yogurt uh, in, in the natural channel for that reason, right? It's an expensive product, of course, but it doesn't, it doesn't have a high ACV. It has a very low ACV, but where it's located, where it is, uh, it always tends to do very well. So any buyers out there, if you care in the eight ounce, go consider putting in the 16 ounce, see how it does right next to it. Right on. And Martin's talking about the serving size being three bites. <laughs> <laughs> Two ounces, man. No, one ounce, one ounce. Right. That's what um, we say. That's what we say. Uh, we right. shouldn't though, because you're right. Like I personally will go through half a jar. No problem. It, yeah. And, and half a jar is probably being a little bit, uh, yeah, you're modest. giving yourself, being modest. yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I think there's more than one of us on this that have crushed you know, it. You know what I do? Like I, I'll have the jar in my fridge and like, I'm working from my house and I'm like, gosh, I just need like a bite of something like sweet. And you know, 
Right. And I'll go, I'll get a spoonful, take it, come back. 20 minutes later, I'm back for another one. Um, right. It is it is that kind of product for sure. Yeah. And I, that, with the product you sent me with uh, the pina colada, that's just, that's exactly what I try to have one either like late at night or in the morning and, and just that was it. And and it's it's hard, right? Because one bite is like, wow, I want another bite. I could go know? for more of that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and I think this is important. And, and I'm sure with you at the helm, this is your intent, right? That, that to protect the current quality, because that's, that's, that's goes back to what I said about kind of being true to who you are and you, you're making the best product out there in the market right now. And the minute you deviate from that, that cult following that you have the cult behind your name, right? You're, you're going to, you're going to uh, not be speaking to them like you are now. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can't tell you how important that is to me personally. Like, and, and honestly, you know, we, we like, we are just now starting to find a path forward to really expand capacity without, um, without changing the way we make our yogurt. Um, the way we make our yogurt is not built for scale, but there is a way to scale old fashioned, old school yogurt. Um, that's some very large brands are still doing to this, to this day, mostly in Europe, but there are ways to scale this old fashioned style, um, that we're going to, uh, really focus on building, uh, next year, uh, because we're going to need it. Uh, it's the only way that we can grow and, and really get our products out to more and more people, get our gross margins to, to improve. So we can, you know, my, my goal would, again, not, not to say that, um, I don't think we'll ever not be a premium priced yogurt, but I'd love to see us, you know, be more price competitive to, cause I would say we're ultra premium priced right now. Like I'd love to see us to, you know, become more price competitive at the premium level because I want, I want this to be more accessible. I want it to get into more people's hands. I, I really believe that it, it's, it's helped me tremendously, like with my gut. Um, and I know it's helped a lot of people out there too. So it's definitely a product that I think um, does good in the world. So why wouldn't I want it to get out there? You know, Right. And, and I think, you know, when you talk about um, being true to yourself and who you are, it's it, the, the, the best analogy I can give you is um, I'll relate it. You know, obviously I'm not a manufacturer and I'm, I'm not anything like that. Uh, I'll, I'll relate it to people. You know, right now I have an opening on my team and I've made a statement to my team and to anybody that wants to listen that, I'll leave that op that opening for six months to find the right person because yeah. I don't want to cheapen the team that I have. And, you know, they, they do such a great job. And, and I, and I say that a hundred times a day, probably how, how great my team is. And it's so important for me to find the right person to fit in with that team that I, I would leave that opening there until that right person comes along, then put someone in that would be detrimental or not the right fit for the team. So I think it kind of correlates what you're talking about with your product and, and not cheapening the brand and staying true to who you are and, and making sure that you maintain that, that, that base business that you have, because that's how you got to where you are. And if you deviate from that, you're going to have problems, right? You know what? A hundred percent. And, and on that team note, I mean, I actually have had to learn that the hard way because uh, when I first came into the coconut cult, I thought I had, I thought I was coming in with all the answers. I was like, these guys need to learn. I need to show them what's what they're, you know, 
sure, I knew like I, I changed things for the, you know, certain things that needed to be changed. But then like there were certain things that maybe didn't need to change or certain things that were working better than I thought they they were. And I didn't take enough time to really understand the culture, the 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 process, the way people work together before I, I made one key mistake. I hired somebody that I should not have hired to, to work in our plant. And I had to let him go literally two or three weeks later. And it was one of the hardest things I had to do because, you know, I, I was the one who made the call to bring him in in the first place, thinking that he, you know, we needed that person, but it was like, well, we do kind of need somebody like that. But like, I didn't wait. I wasn't patient. I was like trying to make change happen faster than the company was ready to change. And sometimes that's the worst thing you can do for a team. And I learned that lesson fairly early. And, and, and by learning that lesson, it, it kind of forced me to take a step back, right. To like, okay, maybe I need, I need to take more time to learn before I actually start to react or before I start to make decisions um, that have these longer term implications. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is, is I, I've been using this, this example a lot this week, as I talk about this um, is back in my restaurant days. And, and again, I'm not a restaurant tour anymore. So there's probably a reason behind it, but um, I digress. Uh, <laughs> I talk about, uh, you know, and, and now I probably have a different mindset when you look at the bigger, the bigger team, you know, as far as, as far as everybody contributing, but back then it was like, okay, when you're hiring a dishwasher, you pretty much just need a pulse. You know, you need somebody that has two arms. Well, not a, I take that back. You don't even need two arms. You just need someone that can, with one arm, can lift, open a dishwasher and shut it down. And and I say that, you know, I'm not, I'm not being, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm being silly. Um, but really, that mentality is, is I don't need anyone that's a rocket scientist. I just need someone to wash dishes, you know. And I, and and now, you know, my mindset is, is like. Every single person, and that was younger weight talking, right? So right now, um, every single person, it doesn't matter if it's the person doing data entry. It doesn't matter if it's the per person signing bills. It doesn't matter if it's operations, marketing, merchandising, what have you. Every single person matters. And I think that was part of my education in the process is understanding that, um, yes, even that dishwasher matters. You know, it, you, you can't have that mentality that, oh, whoever it is that I put in back there, uh, is going to work. Right. And, and I think it's, it's taken me a long time to learn that, but now that I have, I think it's kind of enlightening and eye opening for me. So uh, kudos to you for, you know, it, 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 you have to fall down to get back up, you know? And so you've, you've made that mistake and you've learned from it and, and it's, it's kind of, you know, helping you with your path moving forward. So, um, okay. So we've got, uh, let's see, we've got Dima higher, higher, fast, fire faster. And uh, Gavin's got a question for you. Yeah. Ah, good question. What does my team look like? So um, basically, so when I came into the company, there was a, a leadership team of, of the founders. Um, so uh, there's three founders. Uh, one of them is finance. One, And then the other two, one is um, kind of our creative director. He's a graphic designer. And then the founder, Noah, is is our lead. He's kind of, you know, the face of the brand. He creates all our social content and interfaces with our influencers and develops brand collaboration partnerships. Um, and then they have two, two folks on the marketing team. Uh, I then brought on a COO. Uh, he has a supply chain director. And then there's uh, 
basically there's a product manager and a production manager that work full. They're, they're basically full-time running our kitchen. Uh, we have two shifts every day, morning shift, night shift. So they're running that. Um, and then they have a kitchen team under them uh, of part-timers, about seven people uh, all in. We have a part-time HR person. Uh, we have a full-time uh, food safety person uh, who I hired um, really great, great, uh, great food safety person. And then uh, we have uh, our fulfillment team. So we have a fulfillment lead and then he has his, his guys under him who, and, and gals who do all the, you know, D to C and wholesale packing. Uh, and that's it. I'm the only salesperson. Uh, I work with uh, a broker. Thank God. <laughs> uh, without them, I don't know how the hell I would get anything submitted on time. Uh, but that's, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of people. Yeah. But you know, it's a lot of people, but, um, we're, we're running our own factory. So, you know, if I was working with a co-man, it would be a lot of uh, quite a different situation, but yeah, it's very helpful to have the right seats, um, the right people in the right seats to help get this done every day. But that's grown as you've been there, right? I mean, how, how different is that from uh, what it's been just over a year now? Since uh, you've been there, right? Yeah. When I was there, so really it hasn't grown that much. I, the, when I was there, there was, you know, there were the, the kitchen team was installed. There was the opera, uh, the fulfillment team was there. I've, I've brought, we have new people leading a new person leading fulfillment. And uh, we, we have, an, and there was a food safety person who I replaced. Uh, we brought in a new person. Um, but the really only new hires that I made were the COO and then the, um, the, the supply chain person, because we, when I joined the business, um, I walked into the factory on the first day and I realized that they were buying all their coconut water for their yogurt, like literally those Whole Foods 365 bottles. Like they had pallets of it that they were just ordering direct through UNFI. And I was like, that's not efficient. <laughs> like, we got to do something about that. Cost effective, let alone efficient, right? Yeah, exactly. Like a, a lot of reasons. So I brought in a great supply chain director who's helped us tremendously. I mean, we buy, you know, not only do we buy containers worth of ingredients at a time now, but we're getting them, you know, to very specific specifications in very specific packaging and, and weight that work for us um, that, you know, she's pulled a lot of strings to make some, some really incredible things happen and, and, and changed how our f factory operates in, in fundamental ways. Right. Uh, yeah. Great. Um, so sometimes on uh, the, the broadcast, we don't see who the user is. They're probably using mo uh, mobile. So okay. does Chusa, and I haven't had Chusa. I, I, I'm, familiar with, I ha I'm familiar with the brand and, and I respect what they're doing, but I haven't had it. So oh, does, it go well with, does it go well with yogurt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mix it, it with the great, mango. It's a great product. It really does. It looks oh, like it's, it's very so interesting. Good. If yeah. you like, uh, if I mean, if you like chimango or like that, you know, that tahin. kind of like spicy tahine yeah. on dried fruit. Like these guys kill it. They make such good uh, products and they, uh, they just got into Meyer and they're, they're growing quite, quite rapidly. It's a, uh, my good friend, Danny Schwartz is it's his brand here. He's here in San Diego. Really good guy. Uh, I have an army. Yeah. I guess <laughs> it kind of feels like it, honestly, like when it's I go to factory, I'm just like, holy crap, like this is amazing, you know, and all these people are working so hard every day to, to put, you know, to, to make miracles happen, as I call it. 
Congratulations. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, in my previous role at Once Upon a Farm, we always worked with co-packers and it's just, it's never the same, right? You, can, you can't get the same kind of interesting projects completed. You, you don't have as much visibility into, you know, what, what do the ingredients look like? Yeah. Thanks, Mac. Go choose it. That's right. Uh, go, go. I eat my greens, by the yeah, way. Right. <laughs> Another great San Diego brand. That's right. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I, if I wasn't wearing this, I'd be wearing a Padres hat, but I didn't want to wear it out of, you know, well, I, I, <laughs> Threatened to I might start a, crying. You I was going to say, I, you know, our, our guardians, former Indians are, are gone. The Padres are gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I threatened to wear a brown shirt today, but I don't know. I, I haven't been able to bring them any luck. So I'm just kind of, we'll just see what happens this week. But uh, um, yeah. So uh, Mac, Mac with, I eat my greens. It's good to see him doing some, some big stuff. He's, he's yeah. grown since I've left. Uh, Michael Bendos. You probably know Michael, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Michael. So he wants to know if you could speak to other avenues you feel work when looking to promote effectively uh, as, you know, with regards to obviously with being perishable, you can't do off shelf uh, yeah. secondary placements. A lot of places don't have bunkers or end caps or anything like that. So uh, how do you promote effectively? There he goes. Uh, so, and this is a custom, if you can see it. Nice. Look at that. Look at that. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So great question. How do you promote effectively? You can't, yeah, you don't get secondary placement very often. There are opportunities for secondary placement for perishable brands. I've seen it with once upon a farm, so I know it's possible. Uh, but yeah, virtually non-existent for most, um, other avenues that work when looking to promote effectively, honestly, like from what I've seen recently, it's all, it's all like, so it's like finding ways to really build a, a viral following and, and get people to talk about you on, on social media. I, I can't, I can't recommend a better Avenue at this point. Demos, not really. I mean, free trial programs maybe, but like sending free product to influencers on a regular basis without asking them to do anything. Don't, Give them affiliate codes. Don't try to sign a contract. Don't work with like one of those grin platforms or anything like that. Don't work with a marketing agency. Like it's either you or like your co-founder or somebody in your company who you really trust on the DMs, reaching out, developing organic relationships, creating content that they will find appealing, ideally all doing it yourself or internally where it's like, true to your heart and coming from an authentic place. Uh, that is it. There's really nothing better to generate the kind of awareness and interest in your products that I've ever seen work. I mean, and this is coming from somebody who worked with Jennifer Garner, who, you know, mm -hmm. like I know the power of, you know, Jennifer Garner going on the today show to talk about your brand. That is very powerful, but how many brands have that ability? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually wearing a East oh, End. Is this is the East End Brewing Company in Pittsburgh uh, right now that I purchased, by the way. But um, no, I, I think that's that's great advice. And I think, um, you know, I said I wanted to get back to the TikTok piece. Uh, so strategically, uh, you mentioned how creative Noah is, and how good he is with those things. But is, is there a strategy on TikTok or is it let's just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks? You know, 
originally there was like a very like we laid out a specific okay let's post this kind of content this kind of content and this and kind of like that but it's really taken it's 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 morphed right you learn you see what's working you see what's don't working in real time and you adjust obviously having these ltos every two weeks um it sort of gives us a platform of like something really interesting to talk about every two weeks and and showcase but in between there's so much other content that we can talk about uh right now a lot of the content on tiktok that noah's producing is like it's all talking about how nobody can find our yogurt in store because we're sold out and people are going on vert, like literal hunts to find our yogurt, which sucks. Like I wish, I wish it was more widely available. We're working on it. Um, but it just is what it is right now. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, but then obviously just talking about the, the, what makes our product different, what makes our product unique, why, why Noah believes that people need to stay away from certain ingredients and what products contain those ingredients. So um, some of the most viral posts we've ever put on Instagram, for instance, were all about um, staying away from seed oils, right? And I know um, right, Mark Samuel, I think he just posted with yep. I want. He's like, yep. hey, guys, I just want you to know I'm going to get out of seed oils. Like that's a big move, you know, and why is he doing that? Why, why are people talking about seed oils? Well, there's definitely like Noah could tell you more about it, but they use a, they have to use a chemical to extract the seed oils um, in me, in most cases, unless it's like really specific, like cold pressed. Um, there's certain seed oils that are, that are extracted in a, in a very uh, natural way, but. Oh no, sorry. Tom. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm crying too. It sucks. Yeah. I, went, I want, cause my, I need, I, I need it for myself. Like I went to, Whole Foods yesterday, and I wanted to buy it for my wife and I, and it wasn't there, and I was really disappointed. So, <laughs> so with so with that 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 the direction you're going with TikTok. So, yeah. is there a? I'm posting every day. I'm posting three times a day. Is there anything like that as far as directionally you're going, or is it just so, kind of whatever yeah, Noah comes up with? Yeah, it's kind of. I think it's basically uh, at least four times a week. Uh, if not every day, I mean, usually less on the weekends, but you know, whatever. So the way it works is like you post four times, four or five times a week. Um, every two to three posts will like most posts will get a couple thousand views and then one post will get 30,000. And then the next post will get like 500,000. And then you go back in time and then posts that had 4,000 now have 20,000. So it's, the cool thing about TikTok is, is it keeps like feeding videos into people's for you pages over and over again, and it, it never really ends. So it kind of like certain videos will just catch onto this like algorithmic flywheel and it takes well, off. It, it, it takes, takes off. off. And I, I think that's something that there's so many, there's so many brands that are doing it very, very well. And there's so many people that are just still either aren't on board or haven't figured it out yet because I've seen so, so many, um, so many people have the same story you do is like, Oh, this one just went bonkers. Right. And, and you talked about having the best month you've had. And, and I, I, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, but that probably was somewhat correlated to that, that TikTok video. Right. Yes. Yeah, so actually it was, uh, th there was an original spike, uh, mid September 
when I talk about 121,000 people visiting our website or 130,000 now, it was, there was an original spike mid September that led to, uh, it was, it was all from this one TikToker who has like 3.2 million followers. And she posted a couple of videos about the yogurt and that, that started it. I mean, that like triggered this huge thing uh, that led to people coming back to our page and then our video started to go viral. So then that fed into a whole other loop, which then fed into other loops. And now, and, and now again, if you go into TikTok and you just search the coconut call, you'll see tons and tons of user generated content, people making videos left and right about the products that again, didn't exist in, in August. So our job really is to make sure that Noah is supported in doing that work consistently. Obviously, it's not easy to be the face and to also be the guy like responding to the comments, responding to the DMs. Like he has somebody who helps uh, tremendously, but like it's still it's 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 taxing, it's straining, and right. it's it's definitely a, a cup you have to keep filled. Because it's it, if that is, you know, the core of your marketing strategy and like what's really working, you need to make sure that that is built to last and be sustainable. And that's right. a big part of, uh, you know, what we need to figure out, what we need to focus on, especially going into 2023, because like the opportunity that we have right now is tremendous. And, you know, I'm just really excited to, to take it, you know, to, to grab to, to grab hold of it, because I know so many new people are getting introduced to our products for the first time. And I, you know, I don't want to disappoint them. I want to give them the best possible thing that we can and the best experience we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. So we've, we've got to do this little segment on the show that talks about our sponsor and I've got to try and uh, figure this out. So I was going to say, bear with me here. Uh, I'm going to try and figure this out. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Friday freebies. All right, Ari. So you've you've watched the show. You've 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 participated in the show. So typically, what we do um, is is we ask uh, our ask our listeners, viewers, whatever you want to call them, uh, something that's we've talked about somewhere, a question somewhere during the show. But before we do, I want you to think about it because I'm going to put you on the spot and come up with questions. Okay. So think about that. We've talked about a lot during the course of the show. Something, hopefully, that if we've we've kept some people throughout the duration of the show, something that they can get. But uh, I want to talk about this week's sponsor um, and it's Brandjectory. Okay. And so I have to put my radio voice on now. Uh, Brandjectory is designed to help CPG brand founders from seed to series A build investor ready business and meet, connect, interact, learn from and build relationships with CPG investors and industry experts. Brandjectory now has more than 115 premium brands 240 brands in total, more than 85 engaged and active investors, more than 75 supporting industry experts, and 500 plus investors in their network. Uh, they've now created several investments and features. They have a widely acclaimed knowledge base of over 200 artic original articles designed not just to help brands build sound businesses, but understand what investors want and need to know about the business. They have a brand profile with one-on-one -on -one consulting and review to best present your brand to investors and be discovered by investors. They have a monthly founder investor meetup uh, where you can learn directly from investors and then connect in small group settings. They have the Orbit, which is newly revamped and launched with more mentors, more choices. 
that features one-on-one coaching from investors and industry experts on your specific question or need. Uh, the Space Chatter, a monthly founder-only forum to share knowledge, experience, contacts, etc. often with special guests to answer questions. And I think they're trying to catch me on this one because they also did a September brand directory pitch slam that had a amazing co-host, yours truly, that awarded more than 100000 in cash and prizes from over 30 industry sponsors. So uh, all that you get for $379 a year. So today what we're giving away is a chance to get mentoring and coaching from one of their more than 100 Brand Jectory Orbit mentors. Uh, so we have two winners that are going to get a chance to sign up for a half-hour coaching session with the mentor of their choice. So that's really important, right? And we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, where you get to go in and see their list of mentors, right? And say, okay, I need help with, you know, whatever it is, uh, whether it's operations, whether it's marketing, whether it's merchant, whatever it is, they have their list of mentors. And you get to go in there and say, that's what I want to help with. If you win this prize today, that's that's something that you get to do. So, uh, all right, were you able to come up with, we need two questions. Were you able to come up with one? Sure. Um, okay. So I only have two months alone. Okay. So uh, earlier in this, earlier in the show, I mentioned, uh, I said the specific date that we basically started our new limited edition program. Uh, what was the date that we started this new marketing initiative? Very cool. Very cool. And so history, uh, history here, I've learned from experience, there's a little bit of a delay and we'll start seeing comments coming up. So uh, while we're waiting for that to come up, Ari, like, like usually we like to talk about what we're going to do this weekend. So you have any plans for the weekend, Halloween weekend? Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, Halloween weekend is a little interrupted because uh, I have to be in L.A. for my father's birthday. So we're having a big celebration with my family. Uh, my brother's flying down from NorCal. It's going to be a big thing Saturday night. So. You know, it's kind of interrupting my, my Halloween flow a little bit with a, with a family here. But on Monday, I'm really excited because we got we got our son. I have a two and a half year old and he's he he's so excited to wear his. He's got this little Taekwondo. It's so cute. He's got the little white belt here. Nice. Costume. So, you know, we're going to go trick or treating on Monday. And that's you know, awesome. That's awesome. awesome. All right. So we got a couple answers coming in here. There's is that right? That's right. Boom. Boom. OK, so. So Jeremy, Jeremy uh, is is the uh, is the president of Checks Finer Foods uh, out of the Northeast, and one of our distributors, uh, one of our great distributors, I should I should say. Uh, so Jeremy, uh, email FridayVibes100 at gmail.com. and I'm guessing you're probably going to want to gift that prize to a brand or someone that you work with that could use the uh, use the prize. Congratulations. Um, yeah, yeah. Jeremy's Jeremy's a great partner. Um, so we need another question. Do you have another question by chance? Uh, Gavin, Gavin, what was this? <laughs> what date was that? Gavin, come on. You're better than that, Gavin. Um, All right. So do you have another question? Yeah, I do. Um, okay. This one's for Danny. Uh, what products does this brand make? There you go. Somebody's got to get this. Yeah, Jeremy, like I said, Friday vibes, plural 100 at gmail.com. And if you have the name of the brand or just reach out and, and, and we can help you, we can help put you in contact with Brandjectory. So um, Tom Malengo, he's yeah, Tom's all over it. He's he's all over it. 
So uh, this weekend, so uh, I, I say this all the time, Halloween is uh, my wife's favorite holiday of the year. Uh, it's hard to see with the angle that I have right now. We've got a lot of Halloween direction. Nah, you can't see it. Forget it. Um, so we uh, we live in a gated complex that's mostly adults. So we are actually going to be going to um, a, uh, a, a local place and do a trunk, a trunk or treat and give away some candy to some kids. Since we can't oh, give it away here, we're going to go do that and uh, probably put on some costumes and be silly. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So pretty sure that Mac nailed it, right? Yeah. Good job, okay. And Mac can obviously take advantage of this. Mac being an up emerging brand himself with I Eat My Greens. Uh, so Mac, Friday Vibes 100 at gmail.com uh, and, and reach out there or uh, with Susan and Tom and we'll get you hooked up. Um, and Ari, I don't know, you, you talked a little bit about the cult. Like maybe you might want to sneak something additional above and beyond Brandjectory. Yeah, I think we can do something. All right, so we got to talk about a third question. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, my gosh, here goes Bendos for crying out loud. Uh, everyone needs a Jekyll, and it's Bendos for me. Um, so, I, you know, I kind of want to uh, – I kind of want to um, make this – I'm kind of loving a softball here. Um, but let's do it. Let's do it. Let's give Alex some props because he's not here today. So, uh, Alex isn't here today. And I want you to tell me why Alex is not on the show today. That's kind of a softball, but it's okay. Look at that. Simone knows where to get coconut. Kudos to Fresh Market. 100% agree with Simone that. Simone knows where to get it. There you go. Yeah, I, Daniel, I do need to try it. You know, I'm a San Diego. I, I'm not a native. I'm an alumni. Is that what I would call myself at this point? I'm an alumni. You're, you're, yeah. I mean, you're always welcome back. You know, you're, you're greatly missed. Oh, look at that. Look at Martin. Oh, give me a break. That hurts. That hurts. At least I have facial hair. That's the differentiator, Martin. Uh, Gavin, wife kid. All right. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you, Gavin. Uh, Gavin gets it. <sighs> yes, he gets it. He gets it. He's got it. Uh, so, Gavin, you know the drill. Reach out, get your coconut called on. Um, so Ari, it's been awesome. I, you know, we're a little bit, I was trying to keep us within an hour. I'm an hour and three minutes. Uh, appreciate yeah. it, but it's so good talking to you. I mean, I feel like we haven't missed a beat. It's been, uh, it's been my goodness. Uh, has it, it's how long has it been? It's been, I, I think like the last time I saw you was, you were like on a plane basically. So yeah, you were... <laughs> I was going to say or on, on my way. Right. I was leaving. Yeah. I was leaving. Yeah. So, you were close. well, you know, I'm, I'm coming out in December. Uh, hopefully may, you know, we might have a minute to catch up, uh, you know, yeah. just a cup of coffee and a quick grow hug. My wife's burning down the house. I think that's the sign that, uh, I think that's a sign we have to end this show. Oh, that's, right tremendous. that's tremendous. Ari. Thank you. Wade. Great, brother. See you buddy.